You're now listening to Sound Talent Media. Check out more shows at SoundTalentMedia.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. What's going on, guys? Welcome to another episode of Peer Pleasure with Dewey Halpus on Equal Vision Records and Sound Talent Media. I am Dewey, your host with the most, bringing you more great content week after week. This week, we have Matt Cothran from the Bronx, and I am super stoked to bring this episode to you. We've been trying to get it done for over a year, uh, and we finally nailed it down, and I'm stoked to bring it. Uh, he's a great guest. He's a great podcaster. He's a great frontman. Uh, we talked about all kinds of cool stuff, um, but he he really grew up in a really interesting way, uh, and there's some great stories in there about that, uh, but then we just kind of let it flow like we always do. You know, it's, it's something that's uh, a pure experience coming on this show. There's nothing in the way. There's nothing off limits. We just go, and so we get some really cool stories out of it, so I'm really stoked to have Matt on the show. I know I've said it three times now, but I'm absolutely ready for this to come out. Uh, we just did it the other day live on Twitch, so some of you may have seen it already, uh, and I really appreciate you guys that have signed up for the Twitch as well. It's being It's been going very successfully. Uh, I'm really, really excited about that. So let's get some business out of the way, and we'll jump right in. So peerpleasurepodcast.com is the website. Uh, if you want to show anyone the show, that's the way to do it. Uh, it's got all the episodes on there, publicist contact, merch, all that stuff is all on the website. Peerpleasurepod at gmail.com is the email if you want to get in touch with me with guest ideas or questions, comments, ideas. There's been a lot of cool stuff coming down the pipe lately uh, and some stuff you're going to see pretty soon. So I really appreciate everyone reaching out on that. Uh, I want you guys to sign up for the Facebook group, the Peer Pleasure Podcast Inner Circle. Uh, you just search it on Facebook. You'll find it. We'll let you in. Uh, there's a lot of great stuff on there, and you get to see what's happening kind of in real time, which has been awesome to let that out uh, into the world. 
So, and as I mentioned earlier, the Twitch, uh, twitch.tv slash peer pleasure podcast. If you go sign up there, uh, subscribe, support the show. Uh, we're going to do almost every episode live on there. It's just a matter of if the guest wants to do it or not. If the guest doesn't want to do it live on Twitch, we are going to respect that and not do that. Uh, but most everybody has been cool with that. So I think we've done 10 episodes so far, maybe nine. Uh, and we're doing another one here in a few minutes. So uh, I'm stoked at how Twitch is going. Uh, people have been really excited about it. I've been really excited about it. It's a whole new medium uh, doing everything live. So uh, definitely check that out. Also check out the premium service if you want the videos of all the shows, the past cast, as well as the ad-free feed. That is peerpleasure.supportingcast.fm. So head over there and support the show that way as well. Other ways to support the show is if you review, rate on iTunes, Anywhere that lets you review, tell a friend, tell 10 friends about it. Uh, people have been definitely commenting on episodes and then putting in later, like putting in someone's name so they can check it out if they haven't seen it already. So the Tom DeLong episode has been doing really well. Uh, we've had a lot of people comment on that, uh, as well as Chappelle Lacey, the episode from last week, which was an awesome episode. That guy is great. Uh, so if you haven't checked out either of those, check them out. Uh, but definitely, definitely uh, stick around for this one. So without further ado, here's my chat with Matt from the Bronx. and everything's still kind of a shit show and and you know we got still a lot to worry about with uh with covid and all that stuff but you know it, it does feel good to be making um you know small strides uh at least in the music industry you know having our record be out and and uh getting to play festivals and mm -hmm. uh you know touring in some small capacity so uh, it feels good man that's awesome dude i and you were you were just camping then right like last week Yes. Yeah, I was. I went out to, uh, we do like this kind of annual trip. Uh, it's based around like, uh, it's pretty funny. It's like my, my brother got married, I think like six years ago, no, seven years ago. Uh, and you know, for his bachelor party, he wanted to do like a mixture of, uh, you know, like, camp like you know camping but also kind of partying you know what i mean so so we he came up with this idea of like kayaking the colorado river at the base of the hoover dam 
and then uh, camping out there and then going into Vegas and partying. So uh, it turned into this thing that we do every year, which is kind of just, you know, we go in some capacity camping. Uh, This year we went uh, on the Lake Mead uh, and just hung out for a night. And then we went into Vegas and, and, and partied a little bit for opening football weekend. So uh, it it was a lot of fun, man. (laughs) Dude, that's rad. That's rad. I, uh, one thing I really admire is your dedication because I was messaging with Monica. She's like, well, maybe we should do it next week because he's camping, but he'll still do it. He's just not sure if he has the internet. So I was like, he's camping. Like, yeah. let's do it next week. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Mon- Monica's cool as shit, man. She's the yeah. best. Um, yeah, she is. She is the best. Um, but yeah, of course I was down to do it anytime. You know what I mean? I used to not be able to, I used to not be able to wake up early, man. I used to not be able to wake up early. Uh, and, and, you know, stuff, you know, doing stuff earlier before a trip would have been tough for me, but mm-hmm. you know, now the more adult stage in my life, I am, uh, I'm a little bit more responsible and, and, and capable. <laughs> yeah, dude. Yeah, absolutely. It, it's, uh, it's, it's just, yeah, it's, it's, having so and if being off the road for so long then being back on the road because you guys were out with rancid right and, and dropkick yeah we're out with rancid and dropkick and we're actually jumping back with them uh in october so yeah. we did yeah but but that was it it was like we were off for you know i mean just like everyone else for a year and a half at, mm-hmm. at minimum you know and then uh i mean w- once kind of this year rolled around we knew we were going to start putting the record out so we were busy, you know, we, we weren't, we we just weren't touring, you know, yeah. but, uh, it, it did feel really good to get back on the road and, and the rancid dropkick tour, uh, the Boston to Berkeley tour is, is awesome. I mean, it's great. The shows have all been super killer. So that's rad. I, I was, uh, I think the only time you and I have been in the same spot is with, uh, thrice in Portland here on the Visu tour. And, you guys were, I mean, you guys were all over the place, but I actually got to go up and watch uh, and see you guys live for the first time. This is before Joby and I had met each other. Either. And so like uh, I missed Teenage Rest and Holy Fawn because I was chatting with Eddie the whole time. And yeah, I was like, the Bronx, I got to go check out the Bronx and you're in the crowd. And I was like, this is badass. And Joey C on the drums. Uh, yeah. It was just fucking ferocious, dude. I loved it. And uh, but then you guys like we, you had so much going on after. I was like, I'm just gonna leave him alone. I was gonna introduce myself, but I was like, you know what? I'll wait. Uh, and then everything of course is super hectic on those show days. And, uh, Oh man, but- it is, it, it is. And it, it, it's so funny how, you know, I mean, even at the, you know, kind of punk rock, you know, uh, I don't know what tier it would be. Um, but you do, you get so used to, uh, you know, your routine on the road, you know, it's, it's really hard to kind of break out of it sometimes, you know, even for stuff like press, it's just kind of like, you're so set and you're like, okay, like, you know, I'm going to do this up until this time and this up until this time. And once, once, you know, doors open, it's basically like, okay, countdown to play. And so then the routine gets really tight. It's like, okay, I'm going to do this here. I'm going to warm up here. I'm going to stretch out here. I'm going to drink a beer here. I'm going to hang out. You know what I mean? You do all that stuff. And it's really funny actually, when you like step outside of it, you can like just laugh at yourself because you realize just how like, small scale you know it is but it's still really funny because you you come across people whose whose daily routines are fucking everything to them you know Mm -hmm. what i mean oh yeah 
dude, I've I spent a long time, a lot of years touring, and it's so weird to see what people bring with them and <laughs> like what their day consists of, you know, like yeah, it, whether yeah. it's mini bikes or full weight benches and and solar oh, yeah. solar flexes, whatever the hell it's called, and like yeah, then the you look weight, at the, the riders bench gear, like the full workout gear on tour has always cracked me up. Yeah, like even it's not it's not even about like. You know, like, I don't think like, it's funny that people want to be like in shape or like, or, or people like work out or whatever. It's just really funny to me to see like a full on, especially when it's like rock bands and they're like, just like, you know, just like crank, <laughs> cranking weights on some like, like janky fucking, you know, big five sporting goods, 99 you know dollar <laughs> fucking weight bench or, you know, it's like, it's like, man, just, just, you know play music while you're out here and hit the gym when you're home. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, dude, the, the sand, the sand filled weights, like the plastic sand filled oh, Sears and Roebuck. Yeah. Uh, that, was the, that was the worst. And the best is a lot of those bands can get hotels every night and use the gym there. <laughs> yeah. They got yeah. the whole there, bus there and trailer was a couple, rig. Yeah. There was a couple like, you know, when you do like the, the bigger traveling tours, like warp tour was a funny one for that. Like where, you would just see like the funniest bands like lifting weights and you're just like, what is even happening? Uh, but yeah, but that's uh, that. And I've been guilty of it. I mean, we've never brought, we will never bring out like a full bench. The bench is what kills me. The bench is what kills me. Dumbbells, whatever, you know, it's really not that big of a deal, but when it's the full bench, it's just like, Oh, it just kills me. It's so funny, dude. I, I love that stuff, man. I, I love it. It's just so funny to see what people value more than anything, you know, and they're doing, oh, yeah. they're living their dream job, uh, yeah. you know, and, and get, and it's so weird too. I've talked about this a lot, but like when you're on tour, you're going into a building where everyone at the most part knows who you are and you don't know who they are. It's just the weirdest thing. It's like walking into a grocery yeah. store and everyone's just kind of looking at you like, holy shit, is that so-and-so, you know, like, yeah, it's a strange, it's a strange thing, man. It's, it's, uh, and even like, it's kind of weirder on this rancid tour. Cause it's like, it's all outdoor venues, you know? Mm -hmm. So it's kind of like, it's even kind of stranger, you know? Cause it's just like, you don't really see like too many, you know, like, like people working or like regular, you know, you walk into a club, there's usually like, okay, you got this guy here, this guy there, everything. Uh, and, and some of them are just some of the funniest people you've ever met in your life. But, but this, uh, this tour is pretty self-contained because of COVID and all that stuff. So I do miss out on that. Cause it is great when you just like, you know, like the, 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 you know, the house lighting guy, or, you know, some of these people are just like people, you know, you try to explain some of these characters that you meet on the road to like your friends that don't <laughs> tour or like family, or just like, you know, when you're telling a story, and it just never translates. Some of the people you meet are just like, oh my god. And, and there, there's some great ones in Portland too. There's some, there's yep. some, uh, there, there's some, there's some good, there's some good crew bumping around in Portland. <laughs> Dude, let me let me give you a name and a venue and see if you know this guy or knew this guy, <laughs> Claude from the Boardwalk in Orangevale. The, oh shit! The sound man. Yeah, 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 yeah. I remember Claude. Dude, I remember Claude. There, there yeah, there was there was a couple. <laughs> There's been a couple dudes like that are all time. Yeah. All time. That are just basically like they're either like living under the stage mm -hmm. or you know, they're just uh they they're just incredible incredible people, but God bless them all cuz they all make the show happen. So. Yeah. Dude, that guy was notorious just 
all right, I need you to turn your amps down. I need you to turn them way down. Oh, yeah. I'm going to make you sound great. Just yeah. turn them down. Turn yeah. like one or two. Yeah. I'm going to make you yeah, sound awesome. Actually, actually, can you turn them off? Can yeah. you just turn them <laughs> out? How about you just turn them off? We're just going to we're just gonna play the CD. Yeah, give you me guys. CD. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, that's that's rad. Dude, Rancid, Rancid's so good. I Lars has been on the show. Matt's been on the show. Uh, Tim has been avoiding it for, for years. Uh, I now see he has like a dreaded beard. Which is pretty intense. Yeah, uh, it's full. It's full dread. It, I mean, you know, I'm 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 a big Rancid fan, and 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 I, you know, I didn't really know any of those guys up until recently, and uh, we we actually recorded something with Tim that's coming out later this year mm-hmm. uh, for a song on the record called Breaking News. Um, we did like a live session with them, and it came out killer. Um, and so we kind of met uh, before then. And then that kind of led into us getting the tour because, you know, we're like, and, and we've known Dropkick forever. We've played a bunch of shows with those guys. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, Tim's a trip, dude. He's great. I mean, he, he, at this point, he's just, you know, they play every day and, you know, he, he, he's got his full, um, you know, art rig on tour. So, you know, he's just, he, he, he's got, I mean, he's got literally like probably like six or seven books about like a foot thick each of just like skulls that he's just drawn Mm -hmm. it's just like it's it's really cool i mean if you're into that sort of stuff which i am so uh it's really cool just watching him do his thing and and you know obviously getting you know to see them play every night is great uh but yeah the beard is is uh it's (laughs) next level man i don't know it's next level sometimes you'll be talking to him and he'll just have a bunch of shit in his face you know and you're just kind (laughs) of like this is this is this is so funny. This is so great, and he knows it too. He's just like you know, he doesn't give a fuck. No, he never has. That's the best part, dude. He's never he. That guy might have the best cover of Alternative Press magazine ever with that those yeah. Liberty spikes. But then yeah, it just yeah. doesn't give a fuck. It's like bird seed and popcorn and shit in there, like just whatever. Yeah, <laughs> dude. Yeah. When you get back out there, ask Lars to tell you the story about when he was eleven on PCP. Uh, and his buddy attacked him with the dog and what he did with the piece of toy railroad track. It will fuck you oh, up. Oh, wow. It All will right. fuck I'll you up. Him. 11 years old on PCP. Fuck. I will definitely Dude, ask him. He's going to, he's going to, he's going to let you have it. It's the craziest story I've ever fucking heard. Uh, but I'll, <laughs> I want you to hear it from him. And, and then you don't have to go back and listen to the whole episode of his thing, but like stuff I've never heard, never imagined 11 year olds doing, but. Uh, yeah, that's the uh, PCP for eleven year old. That's next. That's that's good, dude. That's yeah. that's that's quality childhood activity. Exactly, dude. Well, speaking of that, tell me tell me where you come from because I don't know a lot about where you come from, man. Uh, I'm from uh, Pico Rivera, which is uh, just a, a city on the outskirts of East LA, Los Angeles. Um, you know, I grew up there, lived there till I was about twenty two. Uh, predominantly like Mexican neighborhood. Um, you know, so I grew up around a lot of Hispanic culture and, and stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of gang, um, you know, just kind of, you know, had a pretty, you know, easy upbringing. You know, my dad was pretty working class and just kind of like, you know, worked his job, put food on the table. My mom was, you know, the, the, the kind of one who, you know, made sure that we weren't getting arrested or anything like that, you know, but, mm-hmm. uh, she, she let, she let me do my thing growing up. She didn't care if I was into 
you know, punk or skateboarding or, you know, I, I mean, I would sneak out at night and just kind of just go like spray paint stuff. Um, just cause I just, you know, I just, I, I was just that type of kid. I was just like, I, I always liked being out like past midnight, you know what I mean? I always, and I wasn't really doing anything bad. Like I was saying, I was, it was not like I was spray painting anything crazy or anything like that. I was really just walking around. I just like to walk around and, uh, and I got pretty lucky that way for never really getting, you know, accosted too much. I had a couple, you know, cops shine a light on me a couple of times. Uh, got jumped one time in a Taco Bell parking lot. Oh shit. Uh, you know, yeah, it was, it was, it was no big deal though. Um, they wanted my skateboard and, and, uh, uh, I, I said no. So they were kind of like coming over, you know, I was, I, I didn't want, I was thinking about using the skateboard as a weapon, but there was like two or three of them, two of them. So I didn't want to get the skate. I'm not really a fighter. So I didn't want to get the skateboard taken from me and like beat to death with it. Mm -hmm. So I, I was in an alley. So I threw the skateboard over the, over the wall into someone's backyard. And I just tried to fight these guys and they beat me up, but it wasn't too bad. Um, and then I got the skateboard back the next day. Um, but yeah, it was just like, uh, it was, it was just a class neighborhood, man. You know, it was just like, uh, super, super cool, super laid back. Um, you know, dangerous, mm -hmm. you know, like the night stalker ran, the night stalker ran through Pico. Uh, you know, there was, there was a lot of stuff going on that way. Uh, but it was a really cool place to grow up, man. I li I grew up right across the street from a school. <clears throat> so I don't know if you've ever had any experience with that, but it's just so dope as a kid. Cause you know, weekends you can skateboard and you know, through the hallways and, and, uh, you know, you got basketball courts, you got baseball diamonds, you got all that stuff right there, uh, at your disposal. So, um, it was cool, you know? And then, uh, and then after that, you know, I did like a brief stint in Oceanside. Uh, and then I moved down to, uh, Orange County with my brother. Uh, and I've kind of, kind of been in, uh, Orange County ever since really. I mean, I, I've been in Huntington beach for now for Joby and I were just talking about this for like, I don't know, like almost, I would say probably like 16 years, something like that. Okay. I mean, we did sometime during around Bronx three or four Brown Bronx three. Uh, I was living in the studio. We had a studio for about six years in the Valley. So I did a little time in the Valley. The Valley is the best. Uh, you know, a, a true, a true wormhole. Um, if you, if people don't know anything about the Valley, um, the Valley is like, uh, you know, like the weird, like, uh, pseudo LA. It's like the kind of like weird, like if LA was like a, LA was like a, like a, a body, it would be like, you know, it would kind of just like shit out the Valley. And then the Valley it's just kind of like the remnants of LA's, you know, whatever LA ate that day, you know, it's, uh, it's, uh, it's, 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 a, it's, a, it's like a place. It's like a place frozen in time. Uh, but it's cool. It's a cool spot. You know, a lot of great people there. So did some time in the Valley and, uh, and yeah, now I'm, I'm, I'm back in Huntington. I've been in my spot now for a little over 10 years, dude. What a ride, man. That's hilarious that the valley isn't even if it's a body, it's not even a body part. It's coming out. Of no, no, that's pure pure it's excrement. Extra. <laughs> Dude, <laughs> I, and my mom used to always say that nothing good happens after 10 p.m. So like 
or when that's you're true. out walking the streets, like well, that's exactly what popped in my head when you said that. Like, and what a place to do that to wander around at night in East LA or whatever. Like, just LA in general yeah. at night. Yeah, I mean, but it's. I think it's different when you grow up there. Or did you grow up in LA? No, I grew up in Alaska, I mean, I, dude. I grew okay, up in yeah, Wasilla, yeah. Alaska, where yeah, every it was psychotic. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it was definitely. Yeah, I bet it was definitely not a smart, like a smart move. But uh, you know, I've always kind of had a, a pretty. Uh, I don't know. I, I a pretty like like easy compass about me. Like I could kind of stay out of trouble for the most part, you know? So, um, but I, I did just love there's there. I mean, there's something about that's one of the greatest pleasures of like, you know, being a kid or being a teenager, being like, you know, 16, 17, 18, um, you know, sneaking out your window at night and just cruising around or that. I mean, that's just, that's, that's what life is all about. You know, you get that, that, that night air, uh, you know, in your, uh, in your nostrils and, and you're just floating around, you know, looking for trouble. So, uh, you know, I, I did that for a while and, and luckily I didn't get too hurt. Uh, you know, but, but yeah, man, I mean, it was, it was cool, you know, and then now it's like being on tour and stuff like that. I mean, I still do, I still do the same thing. I still like cruising around. Um, you know, I don't creep around at night by myself or anything like a, like a weirdo <laughs> on like some, some neighborhood or something like that. Uh, but, but I, I, I just enjoy that shit, man. I enjoy walking around. I enjoy just kind of like, you know, just being by myself and, and taking stuff in. And, and, uh, it's something that, you know, I, it's just been with me since I was a kid. Yeah, dude, that, that stuff, it gets into you. Like in Alaska, we do the same thing. We, we snuck out, we'd go to a party in the woods somewhere. Like it was yeah, always, there yeah. wasn't like a ton of neighborhoods, like, like LA where you just go neighborhood to neighborhood and, oh shit, you shouldn't go over there. Like. And while still, it's literally like to the woods, the bowling alley, the skate park, like whatever, uh, go hang out at the Walmart. But like, it's, there's something about it. There really is that, that fresh, that night air, that being, being where you're not really supposed to be. Yeah. Anything you do ha is, is like tainted by that a little bit, not tainted, but it, <clears throat> it contains that danger, which heightens everything. It heightens your senses. It's dark out. It's like sitting in a room in the dark and you, you notice you hear better and you smell better, yeah. like all that. You just take that in. That's no, really cool. It was, yeah, it was, it was great. I remember there was one time, uh, there was this one liquor store that, that used to sell booze to me, um, when I like first started drinking and it wasn't really that big of a deal, but I would just get like, <clears throat> it was like a, a bottle, like strawberry Boone's farm or something. You know what I mean? Like it was just like, you know, high school, high school liquor, whatever. And, uh, but there was this, it was like this little, uh, you know, like, uh, like outdoor kind of like maybe four or five business mall that was kind of like, a you know, a, a right angle. And there was this roof spot that I used to chill on. There was an alley that went around the back of, of the businesses. And I would go up there, I'd, you know, I had this kind of bottle and, and, and I was like drawn at the time. So I had like this little book and. Uh, I was up on this roof and this is probably like, you know, one, one in the morning, something like that. And, uh, all of a sudden, you know, uh, coming through the alley, I hear a, a bunch of, uh, uh, gangbangers coming through and cause it was, they would always spray paint the alley right there. So I'm on the roof and I hear these, these, these fools partying and, and, and they're just spray painting. And I'm like, fuck man, I'm just like, I can't get down. 
you know, I'm just like, if I get down, I'm, well, I'm going to get my ass kicked or what if they come up here, then I'm really fucked. I'm going to get fucking thrown off the goddamn roof. I don't know what the fuck's going to happen. Uh, and then, uh, it, I heard sirens and it was crazy. And then all of a sudden, you know, the cops come shooting down the alley and, you know, gangbangers start running, you know, cops light them up, you know, turn the lights on them and start screaming at them. And a couple of them got away. Two of them got arrested, hands on the wall. And this whole thing's happening. I'm kind of like leaning over the roof. <laughs> <laughs> I'm kind of like, you know, I'm like, I'm like 16 drinking like Strawberry Hill or something. You know, I'm just like <laughs> looking over the roof like, holy fuck. You know, like I hope no one comes up here. You know what I mean? But yeah, it was, that was a really like really cool kind of thing. I remember I went home that night at like, you know, two in the morning or something like that climbed back in my window and i was just like holy shit that was so awesome <laughs> dude that's a rad that's a rad story i just literally voyeur over the top like yeah watching shit go down yeah. watching cops yeah, live that's fantastic dude did your parents ever catch you like not not sneaking out necessarily but like did they know you were drinking at an early age no, no, no. I mean, cause it wasn't like, it wasn't anything crazy, you know, it was just like, I, I would just do it every now and then, you know, it was just like, I did only super embarrassing that thing that happened. Uh, you know, it, it happens to most guys, I think, but, uh, yeah, I had some friends over at one point and we were fucking looking through like a fucking penthouse or something. <laughs> Yeah. You know, and, and, and we went out to go to some, you know, party or, or, you know, go get food or something. Uh, and I fucking left the magazine out on the fucking couch, you know, I was like, fuck. And I got, I got home. I fucking, you know, yeah. My dad had seen it and he was all pissed off at me. Uh, you know, so that sucked and, and, and stuff like that. But my mom, my mom is hilarious. Like I, I would, you know, I talk back, talk with her now, but Hey, you remember that time I was, you know, came home here, I came home there. I was like, yeah, I was on acid. And da, 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 da. <laughs> She's like, what? <laughs> but, but, uh, but no, it was like, she never, I mean, she probably maybe suspected, but she never caught me sneaking in and out. Never that never, I was pretty good at that. Um, but yeah, it was, uh, you know, those, those are the things that are great, you know, as long as nothing ever serious happens and, and no one gets hurt, you can look back on moments like that and just, it's just part of growing up, you know? Oh, absolutely. And if she didn't know, like if you, did you remember you left the penthouse out or did you just, when you yeah. got home, your dad was like, Hey, what's yeah. this? Cause yeah, no, no, I got home and my dad's car was there and I was like, fuck, cause I didn't expect him to come home. And then, uh, and then I knew, you know, and, you know, he was, he, you know, he was a pretty, uh, religious guy. So it was, mm. you know, I mean, he, he didn't, he didn't bust my ass too much, but he was definitely, you know, I was like, God damn it. I felt so fucking bad. That was, that was just a thing. I mean, you know, but what are you going to do? You know, yeah. penthouse, some of that every now and then you just gotta, those did the, the old porno day, the porno magazine days. Those were hilarious days. <laughs> <laughs> well you gotta think when when you're that age it, you can't go buy them yourself like, so you have to like find someone's dads that are already yeah, old yeah <laughs> so yeah, it well, takes you back like a century yeah and so and now it's like i think about like if i were you know if i were to ever have kids or anything like that 
it's almost like a joy that's robbed of you now as, as a parent, like a comedic moment, because it's like, like the internet is just like, it, it, you know, it does, it has no style when it comes to shit like that. You know what I mean? So it's like, I can just imagine how kind of funny it would be to like, you know, to find like a, you know, like a jugs magazine or something like that. Like, like, you know what I mean? Like, like your kids got his, I like, I would just die. You know what I mean? Like, this is so fucking funny. But, uh, but yeah, you know, the internet is, 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 is has ruined all that. So, uh, but yeah, those, those were funny days, man. I remember like the, those were, it was so funny as a kid, like, you know, even going to like, the video store back in the day, you know, when they had the curtain with all the fucking like, you know, X-rated movies in it and stuff. And yeah. it was just like, Oh, don't go in there. You'd always see like some sketchy, like shoes in there underneath the curtain, you know, You'd be like, <laughs> and I was like a weird, a weird, like club foot guy or in there, you know what I mean? Like in there looking at, I don't know who knows what's going on behind the curtain, but <laughs> yeah, those, those, those are, those are the things that I, I like growing up at that certain time frame. You know, late late eighties, uh, you know, early mid nineties. Mm-hmm. Awesome, awesome era. Awesome era. Dude. You know, just 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 for just for life in general. I'm very appreciative that I at least, you know, got to grow up during that time. Cause I love the modern world too. I love it. You know, I'm not one of those guys who's like, fuck, this sucks. It was way better back then. It's awesome now. I I, I love it. But I do uh, I am thankful and appreciative that I grew up you know, to see, you know, kind of, you know, the last of the old world too, you know? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> ride the, ride the wave on the way out. Like, <clears throat> yeah, we got enough of a ride. I, I'm 39. How old are you? I'm 42. Okay. So we're really close. Uh, mm-hmm. I, the video, when you mentioned the video stores, all of them had like a curtain or beads that you couldn't sneak yeah, through. Yeah, yeah. Like, I think the whole yeah. point was so kids don't sneak in there. Like they hear the beads, they look over and they see some dude or, or whatever yeah, they're like okay yeah, go yeah. on in man but yeah you couldn't sneak in you couldn't like like peek in there as a kid but you wanted to like uh that that uh when you brought up the, the magazine like the style and stuff of those magazines i when i was a kid we would go swimming i grew up on an island early on in alaska and so my mom would take me swimming to learn to swim i was too young so i had to go in with her to the locker room at that point it's like 80 84 Five, maybe 84 85 and you're looking around and i remember this as a kid like i wasn't ever aroused but like all i looked around it was just bushes everywhere right like it was that era yeah, 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 yeah. So, so i asked my mom like what do women have down there like I, they don't have a penis like what they, and she just says <laughs> we, we grew up in a mormon household mind you um she's like oh nothing and I was like, okay. And it, it confirmed it because it was just hair. And then I found the first like Playboy magazines and it was all like just hair. So until my dad had the talk with me on a camping trip, he's like, so you know about sex? And I was like, oh, of course. He's like, well, why don't you tell me what you know? I was like, you know, well, you just, the guy sticks his penis in the woman's butt and they have a, and he's like, no, 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 son, no, no, no. Well, mom said there's nothing down there. So where else is it going to go? He was livid with my mom. Like, he's like, are you serious? There's nothing there. Well, what was I supposed to tell him? But it was all because all my exposure, you couldn't see anything. So, yeah. like, it was this totally weird, awkward moment with my dad where he, I just said the complete wrong thing. And he's just like, no, no, no. Like, hands in the air, losing his mind. <laughs> <laughs> just from that whole, like, series of events that kept affir- reaffirming what my mom had told me. 
uh that's fucking great now you have the internet was, you can see everything so yeah yeah and it's like <laughs> you know there there was a brief there was a small window in time where my 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 life trajectory you know uh before i before i picked up a microphone you know uh i there was a small window where i read i read this like uh uh it was like i don't know really know how else to classified except for like maybe like a, a erotic fiction you know and i i read this thing and i was like i think i can do this like i think oh, i can write yes. like I, yeah i was like i think i can do this like it really kind of hit me in like a creative way and i was like maybe like i want to like write like pornos or like write like erotic fiction or you know something like that and then and then yeah then thank god i discovered <laughs> punk music and <laughs> otherwise i'd probably i might have a couple avn awards or something like yes. that hanging behind me you know but, <laughs> but <laughs> so you didn't do it you just had the thought like it was a brief or no, did you do no, it no. well now that i'm kind of re you know revisiting it maybe it's something i can do later in life you know yes Yes. You know, but but yeah, I always I always just thought that those like sometimes when you read or would read those stories, they were they're so like funny and so just like yeah, like it's just it's just a very very specific genre of writing, and uh, I I got a kick out of it. I thought it was creative and funny, and you know, it was just like this is this is hilarious, you know. And then I because there was a point. Um, early on in the Bronx days when uh, I would read stuff on stage. And so sometimes I would, you know, I would, I would get like a penthouse form or whatever it was. And like in between songs, I would just be like, and then Gary, you know, plunged his whatever, you know, and I would just like read, I would like pick one story and I would just read it throughout the whole set. And uh, yeah, I don't know. You know, maybe, maybe, maybe I just need to, I don't know. I, I, maybe I just, just need to explore my, my writing a little bit more, but that, <laughs> that might be something I, you know, I feel like maybe like I still got like a, like a log cabin novel in me somewhere, yes. you know? So maybe that's it. <laughs> I've got a book in me, literally <laughs> have a book in me. That's all you can call it. <laughs> yeah. Extreme insertions. Uh, I've got a book in me, I think. Yeah. I'll, we have to find it. Uh, <laughs> Dude, yeah, Bronx Seven, dude. There you go. That's just all, all, uh, like, yeah, fan fiction, erotica, or whatever. That just... would, that would be, that would be amazing. Can you imagine, like, yeah. a, if so, if someone did, and I, this podcast is taking a hilarious <laughs> turn, but it's like, uh, if someone did, like, imagine if like Green Day or someone did like a concept album, but it was like erotic. <laughs> it was like a. It was a <laughs> <laughs> like erotic fiction or something like that that'd be fucking amazing <laughs> that, that would be fucking great maybe maybe we'll do that next they had the chance that new album father of all motherfuckers like they had the chance yeah. they just didn't pull it off they they could have yeah. made that the dirtiest dude they you heard it here first man this is the, the bronx seven and then try to get monica to push it <laughs> yeah we'll make monica push it we'll 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 attach some nfts to it yeah you know something something like that you know well there's we'll we'll do something we'll do we'll do something we'll get something out i am i am i'm i love your band so i'm glad you got out of that and into music 
But I also yeah. am now kind of bummed that that didn't materialize because I might have loved that too. <laughs> I know, I know. Well, the thing about the thing about life is if you're lucky enough to uh, if you're lucky enough to to live, uh, you know, long enough, sometimes you can go back and and you can you can pick stuff up that you uh, that you set down earlier on, you know. Mm -hmm. So, um, you know, for me, you know, now doing you know the band is is you know, it's, it's, it's so much fun and so awesome between Bronx and L Bronx. And, you know, everyone's got their own kind of like, you know, side hustles going on too. So, um, you know, it's, it's good when you can get to a spot in life where you can, uh, where you can do a bunch of stuff that you're into, you know, you're not necessarily, uh, you know, your, your time isn't super, you know, nailed down by one thing specifically, because, uh, it is nice to, to, to be able to, you know, bounce back and forth between projects and stuff like that, or, mm -hmm. you know, just have time to, to do stuff for yourself too. So, you know, sometimes it's, it's so hectic, you know, being, uh, you know, uh, an independent, you know, self-sufficient DIY fucking punk rock band, you know I mean? We work our asses off, you know, but, uh, we love it. Um, you know, and, and we're getting to a point now with the sixth record and, and I feel like every, everything that we do, you know, like, I feel like it, we just, we just get smarter and I feel like we're just, you know, I mean, we're still learning a lot, you know, mm -hmm. we're still learning a lot, but I feel like we're just getting kind of better and better and more efficient at, you know, being the Bronx and, uh, that's allowing us to, um, to enjoy it a little bit more. And we, we always enjoyed it, uh, but to enjoy it a little bit more and to also, uh, you know, have time to, uh, to explore other things that you want to do as well, you know? Yeah, absolutely, dude. I, I, I'm thinking back, like when I first heard the Bronx, there was always, there's a few bands that have this and you guys have this. I don't know. I don't remember if Joby and I talked about this, but I mean, he's one of the best album artists like I've seen, like oh, the, yeah. the, the, the concepts are amazing. Like the, the aesthetic, like it's like you guys and like every time I die and, and like there's a few bands that just have this like cool factor. Like there's this this mystique to it, but you guys are like the, all these bands that I'm thinking of. You guys included are all like working class, like bust your ass tour, like fucking crazy. Uh, put everything you have into it. It's not something you just like generate. Like it's the yeah. work ethic, maybe that it that it is, but it's like the grind. Like I would see the Bronx name everywhere, tours, magazines, whatever. It was always there because you guys were always working. But there was yeah. always this like cool factor to it. Like everything was just like, oh man, the new Bronx, like this is going to be great. Like before you even heard it, like you were, you were in the moment, like you're already there, like you're already on board. It's a really strange phenomenon. I know, I know you're living in it, but, and may not see it this way, but uh, that was always the case. Like, oh, the Bronx is playing, we're going like, you know, you know, it's going to be good. You know, it's going to be on fire. Like, uh, and then of course the artwork, which really sucks people in, um, but the music backed it up. Like it was always, yeah. it's always firing. I don't know what that's like for you or if you, you know, I guess you don't ever notice that with your own band, but it's just kind of a thing. I know I talked but to I mean, Keith that's, about that's this. the goal though. That's the goal, you know? So it's like, yeah, it's good. To, it's good to know that it, it translates, you know, it's like, that's the thing. It's like, you know, we, that was a very, you know, uh, you know, that's, that's what we set out to do when we started the band, you know, it was just, uh, you know, to, to do our own thing, to, to establish ourselves as, as a creative force, as a band that's going to be, you know, doing stuff different, uh, you know, coming from an original place and, 
and, and trying to push ourselves and be progressive with everything that we do and to work fucking really hard and to play every fucking show we can play and, and, you know, to kick lots of ass. I mean, it's just like, it's what we were trying to do, uh, in the beginning. And, you know, that kind of just became what, what we did. And then it just got, you know, more, um, you know, it just got better and better, I think as, as, as records went on and, and as tours went on and stuff like that. So, uh, yeah, I mean, I'm glad that, that it, it shows through, you know, cause, um, that's something that's really important to us. You know, it's like, we don't, uh, you know, we don't really, it's no disrespect to anyone else at all, but it's just like, we just never really wanted to be like any other band. You know, we always just wanted to kind of have our own lane. Mm-hmm. And sometimes that can be a little tricky because, uh, you know, you don't want to isolate yourself too much. You know, I think that we kind of, What's going on, guys? This is Dewey from Peer Pleasure, and I want to tell you about our newest sponsor, DistroKid. DistroKid distributes your music across all online platforms. They are an amazing company. I've enjoyed working with them the last few weeks, and they're going to be with us for a while, and I really, really appreciate that. I love working with great companies, and DistroKid is one of them. Uh, They have an awesome thing they're doing right now called Splits. Now, if you're working as most people are online, doing collaborations with people from all over the country, all over the world, as easy as that is with the internet, uh, you want to get those people paid when you put that music online. And splits can do that. You can add an unlimited amount of collaborators to any track. You can change the splits at any time. You can add or remove collaborators at any time. You can see previous splits. And all your collaborators are going to have to do is sign up for a DistroKid membership, a DistroKid account, so they can get paid. And as always, DistroKid never takes a cut. You and your collaborators get 100% of the earnings in total. A couple other awesome things that they do is they set up an official artist YouTube channel. Uh, You can use Spotify Canvas, synced lyrics, promo card to promote your release on social media, a mini video for your socials as well. There's just so many awesome things about using DistroKid. And like I said, I don't advertise things I don't use, haven't signed up for. I have signed up for this. It is a breeze, literally a breeze. And you can get going right away. So definitely check out DistroKid. And I want to give you 30% off your first year's DistroKid membership at any level. That is distrokid.com slash VIP slash PPP for Peer Pleasure Podcast. Once again, that is 30% off your first year's DistroKid membership at any level. Distrokid.com slash VIP slash PPP. Go check out DistroKid right now. Distrokid.com slash VIP slash PPP for 30% off. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America NA, member FDIC. Hi, this is Chad Nicefield. And this is Justin Press. We're the host of Making Waves, the Shiprock Podcast, a part of the Sound Talent Media Podcast Network. We're inviting you to sail away with us on an epic journey in musical enlightenment. Every week, we bring you only the best artists in rock music and discuss everything from the cruise to the stage to the saga of being a professional recording artist. We'll have lots of special guests along the way, so tune in every week. Your stateroom is available every Monday morning, so welcome aboard. Hey guys, this is Dewey from Peer Pleasure, and I wanted to tell you about Premium Pleasure 
our premium subscription service that's available now. Peerpleasure.supportingcast.fm is the website. There's three tiers, tier one, tier two, and tier three. Tier one is $5 a month. It gets you the ad-free experience. Tier two gets you access to the Peer Pleasure Passcast. It gets you access to the videos of the interviews. It gets you merch discounts. Tier three is $20 a month. That gets you all of that. It gets you the past cast, gets you the video footage, discounts on merchandise, and monthly Zoom calls well, with myself and other guests. We're going to have all kinds of stuff in there for you. There's all kinds of stuff in there for you now. There is, uh, I believe, 30 to 40 videos of these interviews. There is uh, multiple episodes of the past cast. The past cast is a podcast that I'd started separately that is me and another podcaster or me and a guest. Uh, discussing a deep dive into their favorite episode of Peer Pleasure. Um, so there's a bunch of those on there. So so-and-so and I would talk about the Chino Moreno episode. So-and-so and I would talk about uh, the Yvette Young episodes. And we would do a deep dive and tell where they came from, how we got the guest, stories of uh, that weren't discussed on the podcast or maybe weren't in there. Um, it's just another glimpse behind the curtain. So that's the big deal with this premium service is giving you a glimpse behind the curtain of how the podcast is made, gives you access to things I'm doing and things that we're doing with the show, um, gives you, you know, ad free stuff. It gives you just all kinds of of things that we could throw in there to help make it a valuable part of your month, because I put everything out there on this show. I put everything I have into this show. Um, so being able to give you guys that little bit of extra is a big deal to me and having your support is a big deal to me because if we don't support our artists and creatives, we're not going to have any left. So I appreciate it. Peerpleasure.supportingcast.fm is the website. Go sign up today and get some of this premium pleasure. We realized that I think maybe a couple of years ago, you know, when it was like, we were almost a little two in our own lane, you know, it's like, cause there is, you know, in, in punk and hardcore and rock and roll and music and art, uh, there's communities, you know, there's yeah. like-minded, there's like-minded artists. There's a lot of great people out there doing really cool things. And sometimes, uh, you can get, uh, so tunnel visioned, uh, you know, just doing your own shit, uh, that you can kind of, you know, poke your head up, every now and then, and, and you don't see anyone else around, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So, uh, it, you gotta be kind of mindful of that. I think that's one thing that for me personally, that I kind of realized, um, you know, like going, going through the band, uh, going through the band shit, like, especially, you know, when we were kind of firing on, on both cylinders with Bronx and El Bronx, um, you know, around, you know, you know, record two or three for El Bronx and, and four and five for Bronx. I mean, we were uh, like a self-contained planet, man. I mean, we were just like going, you know, and then, uh, but then it was kind of like when we wanted to, you know, reach out or, or collaborate or try to, you know, jump into anything that had a bunch of moving parts or a bunch of other bands or something like that. Uh, it was kind of like we were coming, you know, it was kind of like we were like this feral kid coming out of the woods, you know, and everyone was just kind of like, you know, who, who, who the fuck is that? So, you know, I, I think with this record campaign and with, with, with Bronx six, it's like, we really wanted to get back to, uh, you know, collaborating with people that we love and respect and kind of rejoining the community, so to speak, you know mm -hmm. what I mean? Still doing our own thing, 
a hundred percent, but, um, just kind of getting back into, uh, the art of things that was a, a big part of the band when we started and, uh, you know, always has been and will be, um, and just kind of, uh, you know, you know, getting back into, uh, into, uh, into circulation a little bit, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Just reacclimating to the, to the world. Yeah, 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 exactly. It's just like you put, uh, just like you do with a goldfish or whatever, you know, you put them oh, yeah. in something, you put them in the plastic still, let them warm up, let them, let them get, you know, mm -hmm. get nice and nice and warm and then let them into the world, but they're still going to do their own thing. Right. Like they're still, but you, you just can't throw them in. You can't throw them into the, to the mix like that. It's like cooking no, too. Would, Same thing. That, like that, that would be unfair to everybody. Yeah, dude. <laughs> well, like, and, and the working class thing too, like you mentioned your dad, like working class dude, like there's always that, that, um, that aspect to you guys as well. Like just the, like I was saying with the work ethic, like coming, I would assume you came from a working class background, um, but then like also like with did you you mentioned, you know, you were out drinking and stuff and you were, came home on acid or whatever with your mom. But like and then did you did you get into drugs at all, like through that time period or did you did that breeze past you like we were out skateboarding and stuff and just kind of turned the other no, way? No, no, Yeah, I went I went I went hard. I mean, I never went too crazy into like, you know, I never did like heroin or anything like that. Uh, you know, thank God. But I I I I sniffed. Uh, a lot of stuff. I smoked a lot of stuff that you sniff. And, uh, you know, I, I went pretty heavy for a while. I mean, I did, especially early on, like, uh, you know, in, in, in that aspect, the band was the most amazing thing in the world for me. Cause it, it gave me, you know, something to care about. Like I, I, I was, I was pretty lost for a while out of high school. Um, I didn't really know. I had no drive direction uh, desire to do a or B anything, you know, I mm -hmm. just, uh, I was just kind of, you know, in the wind, you know, and, uh, and partying a lot and, uh, doing a ton of drugs. And, uh, you know, I mean, I still had, uh, you know, I still had, I was still me, you know, I wasn't like giving hand jobs under the fucking freeway or anything like that, but yeah. I was like, you know, I was just lost, you know, I, I was, I was just lost. So, um, you know, I, I played music, you know, through high school with friends, like just as like, you know, messing around, you know, covering bands, covering punk songs and playing house parties and stuff like that. And, and, you know, then it kind of like got a little serious, you know, but it, it wasn't really until the Bronx, uh, started that it was like, okay, where I, I saw like a, 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 like a lane for myself to like, you know, to, to apply, to apply myself, you know, that was the whole thing. It's just like, I just, I had no desire to like, uh, to push myself to be, you know, to be good, to be a better anything. I was just kind of like, uh, you know, fuck it. So, um, you know, when the Bronx happened and all of a sudden it was like, Hey, we could get a record deal. Hey, we could go on tour. Hey, you know, we are recording. Hey, you know, we are going to do this. We are going to do that. And it was also, I mean, it was with Joby who was my friend, but it was also with James and Jorma who I didn't know. So it was also like a little bit of like, okay, like I can't, like, I got, like, I got to show up, you know what I mean? Like in some way, shape or form. Mm -hmm. And in the early days, I mean, that it was hard for me to do, man. I mean, I was a fucking, 
I was, uh, let's, let's just call it unprofessional. Uh, I, I was, I was a, a mess, you know, but, uh, um, but those guys and, and, and the band really helped kind of put like, uh, um, a structure around me to kind of grow in, you know what I mean? Like, it was just like, uh, like those child, you know, bumpers they put on a bowling lane. Yeah. You know what I mean? It was just yeah. like, it was just, it was just kind of like that. And it gave me, uh, it gave me a, a place to focus and, and to put my creative energy and to write and, and to learn and to grow and to create and travel and work. And, you know, it's just like, it, it took me a little bit to really, really, really figure it out and like apply myself. I think that, you know, Bronx two was a big learning curve for me. Um, as far as just like being a, a singer and a musician and like actually caring about what you're doing and what you put out into the world and, you know, what you do on stage, all that stuff, you know, uh, Bronx one was, uh, as it should be, every first record should just be a complete, uh, you know, fucking blitz. Um, but it was, you know, it was mm -hmm. for all of us. Uh, you know, I, I, I can't speak for the other guys, but for me personally, it was, uh, you know, complete chaos. I mean, it was just like at that time, I mean, I could sing, but I didn't really care about singing and I didn't really have any confidence in my singing. So I was just getting super fucked up and trying to like GG Allen the crowd every night for, you know, a, 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 for as long as I could, um, you know, and then uh, Bronx too, I was like, okay, uh, you know, let's see if I can sing. <laughs> mm -hmm. <laughs> and, and so that kind of like, you know, that helped me out a lot as far as just like, uh, you know, taking the next step, uh, as, as a, as a musician, as a singer, uh, in a band. Um, and then I just, you know, as, as that happened and you, you apply yourself, you grow, you see the results, you feel better. Um, you know, you, you kind of just keep going forward. Um, I, I really just got more and more into it and it just became something where, I mean, literally, I didn't think that, the Bronx was going to be something that like I could do as like, for like, for real, mm -hmm. like as like maybe for the rest of my life until like the third record. Um, I just always thought it was going to end or explode or I would die or something. You know what I mean? I just never really thought it would be something that I, that I would ever like, you know, be talking to you about now, you know? Mm -hmm. uh, so, so it, it took me a really long time to figure that out, but honestly, life in general has taken me a really long time to figure out. And I, I know there's a lot of people out there like me, um, you know, who grow up and you don't necessarily, you aren't taught, uh, you know, the tools for everything. You don't really have the skill set to, uh, you know, be like an adult, mm -hmm. you know, like, it's like, so, um, and that's okay. And it's like, it's, it's really cool now. Um, you know, being, you know, I'm 42 years old. I feel super great. I feel happy. I feel healthy. Uh, you know, I feel creatively just amazing. Um, I feel really responsible, you know, with, with, with my life and with the band and, and everyone's doing really good. And, um, you know, I mean, we have successfully kind of carved out our own little existence. So, 
uh, it's really cool. You know, it's a really good spot right now to be in. Um, I'm really, really enjoying it. And it also is exciting because it still feels like there's so much more ahead. Mm-hmm. You know, it feels like there's so much more music to be made uh, from the Bronx, from El Bronx, um, so much more, you know, just creative endeavors, uh, artistic avenues that that we're all going to go down together uh, and, you know, individually. And um, it's just really cool, man. So I, I'm happy, but it's taken me a long time to get here. <laughs> Dude, I really, I really like that, that sentiment about, uh, you know, not being given the tools and realizing that and one, one thing that, that hit me, what you were saying there is, is when you said you didn't know if the Bronx was going to be something you could do forever, you didn't know if it was going to be going to last. But my question to you on that is, did you care? Like, did you care about that? I know you didn't know, but was it something that you cared? Like, did you care either way at that point? Well, or was it just I think, still I they, spinning? I think they feed, I think they both feed into each other that way. I think not like me not knowing was a big part of me not really caring. Gotcha. And, okay. And, and, you know what I mean? Cause yeah. that, that was the whole thing. It was just like, why do I need to become like a responsible, like, you know, quote unquote musician if I don't know if, you know, the band's going to last or if I'm going to be alive or if I'm going to, you know, when you're in that fucking weird, just like party K hole, mm-hmm. you know, it's just like that responsibility is the last fucking thing you want. Especially if you're in a fucking punk rock band and you're fucking traveling around and just fucking going crazy every night. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, it's dope, but it's also like, uh, it, it, you don't get like, uh, you know, like, like, I don't know. I, it, it happened the way it, it, the only, the only, it happened the only way it could have happened, mm-hmm. you know, but, uh, and I'm thankful for that, but you know, I just didn't, it took me a long time to take it seriously. You know, I, it really did. And it's like, I, I, I think, you know, for me looking back, I think that's, I wouldn't say it's a regret, you know, because there's just no really way to gauge that. I mean, life is life. You go through stuff, how you go through it. I mean, do I wish, uh, you know, I was, you know, in a spot creatively and, and, you know, personally, like I am now when we were doing our second record or even our first record. Uh, yeah, but then those records probably wouldn't even sound anything remotely like they sound like. So, you just got to roll with it. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? So I, I, I think everyone's path is different, you know, and, and that's, what's so cool about being a fan of music. And when you have bands that have been around for a long time and they have a body of work, um, you know, you can go, you, it's almost guaranteed the first record is going to be raw as fuck. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. And then, and then you, you watch them as they kind of go through their stages and, and, you know, you go through it with them and it's, and it's rad and it's super cool. So, uh, you know, it's great to be doing that and, uh, and to be able to look back creatively and have albums that kind of mark, um, you know, like where we're at in our lives and what we're going through and all that stuff. That's one of the things I think is so, uh, just amazing about music is, you know, it's like, you can't lose sight of that. It's like you, we've built something that, uh, is, is, is going to last forever and that will be around long after, uh, you know, I'm dead. Uh, so I, I, I'm so thankful for that. You know, it's so cool to know that, you know, lyrics that I wrote and, and songs that, that we made together as a band 
is something that's just going to be around, um, you know, it just it, as long as it's going to be around, but it's going to be around way longer than me. I know that. So uh, it, it's really cool, you know, to be a part of something like that. I think, I think there's a big part of me growing up that wanted to be a part of something bigger than myself. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm glad it's this, I'm glad it's music, you know, dude, a hundred percent, a hundred percent. What you say in there with the, with, you know, outlasting yourself, like that's, I think that's a, like a basic human thing is to build. I mean, that's why we build buildings. That's why we build houses. That's why yeah. we create is for something. That's why we have children. Like yeah, to have something that, 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 I mean, some of it's ego, some of it's, uh, you know, like, well, I, I think I should pass on my genes, you know, because I'm this person, you know, like, so there's some ego involved there. Just like, you know, saying like a politician, like you have to have some ego to be a politician. Like it's the same thing with human, human nature, like to build and construct and, and, and further things, what we think is further when we're destroying everything. But, uh, it's awesome. To, like when you're talking about the bowling, the bowling uh, bumpers, like that whole thing where <clears throat> the band basically corralled you and took you from like a free flowing electron and put you on like fired you across the the bow. Right. To yeah. to focus you. But it kind of took you finding the confidence in yourself to then really grasp the importance of what you were doing and go head on. Yeah, that's exactly what you're talking about when a band's first record is raw as fuck. And then they figure out how to hone what they're doing and really drive it to you. Like you have like the cliche, you have your whole life to make your first record and six months to make your second. It kind of <laughs> applies there, but like, cause it's, it's the conglomeration of everything. Your first bands, all your childhood angst, the fucking gangbangers in the hallway or in the alleyway, like all that stuff plays in that first record. But after yeah. that, what you do next it's just this cool parallel to where they they got you going like that and then everyone else and then the band did the same thing where you know found the found the way to go in the lane really carve something out and then move on like it's it's uh it's yeah. so cool yeah man and it, it was like that for everybody you know it's like that's the kind of cool thing is you know uh the, the band is is such a great um you know just kind of outlet and and just source of uh of, of just, you know, just happiness and, and, and guidance and, uh, and, and, and just like structured, like, uh, you know, like creativity, you know, it's mm-hmm. like, it's like, it, it's just great. You know, it's like, it's, it's so nice to have, uh, to have an outlet like that and to have it be your career, you know, I mean, it's, it, it's unbelievable. So yeah, it was a, a, a really, a really important thing for me, you know, and it's like, Took me a while to bull a strike, but I, I, I got a couple of them. <laughs> dude, hell, I'll say so, dude. Yeah. And to be in the position you're in now, like you're saying, like the to be in such a good spot now. And you're with – I never met uh, – I met Jorma. He was roommates with my friend Katie, who's now married to oh, like yeah, Jason yeah, Ellis. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. Katie's great, man. She's fantastic. And she's from back from Alaska too. So like yeah. that's how I met Jorma before I saw the Bronx live. Like we were in LA on tour and, and she brought him out to something and, um, uh, met him that way. Like, Oh, he's from the Bronx. I knew the music. I just hadn't seen you guys live yet. We were always touring when you guys were touring. So, um, yeah. so I met him, but like, like Joby and, and everybody, like you just surrounded with such great creative people, uh, with that drive. I mean, you can't, you can't put a price on that kind of stuff, that friendship and that, that the, the camaraderie and the, the pushing each other. I mean, you're just in such a cool spot, man. And 
to to hear your story and kind of go through that what brought you to where you are now everything makes so much more sense you know and it's so i love capturing that the the kind of the essence of who someone is right like from from start to yeah. finish because what you're outputting now which the record's incredible like and even the, to, from the artwork to the music like it's always a great thing like it always goes hand in hand there's always like a direction that's really great uh but seeing it now knowing your story uh really helps like take the blinders off and really you know dig in and see where things came from and watching right on, man. the progression that you guys have done is just intense and the the mark you will leave on the music community when everything's done is massive you know i mean you have people with right tattoos on. of lyrics tattoos of artwork you know people <laughs> yeah. singing those songs yeah. at yeah. this point you probably have you know multi-generational fan like like this is my son, like coming to his first show of the Bronx. Like when they saw you guys back in the day, like that shit's cool, man. Yeah, no, it's awesome, man. I love it. You know, I, I love it. I'm super proud of everything we've done, you know? Yeah. And now you're touring with, I mean, you've always toured with great bands, but you're <clears throat> continuing to tour with great bands. And that was always the interesting thing too, is seeing what tour the Bronx name was going to be on. Like you're touring <laughs> with who? Like what? Yeah. You're telling me. How the fuck does that work? Without- we toured with everybody, man. And that, that was like the, the, you know, that was kind of the thing. We were always the oddball band, but we always kind of fit in on every bill too. So, uh, it, it was kind of a cool place to be for a while, but every now and then we'd be like, you know, what the fuck are we doing on this show? You know, or something like that. <laughs> but, you know, but for the most part, it's, it's been, uh, it's been pretty amazing. Some of the, uh, some of the mariachi tours that we did or festivals we did, which was so funny, dude. Like we played like a yoga festival. We did like, uh, we did a dude, we did a mountain climbing expedition. What? Like it was like, yeah, it was like, uh, it was like, it was basically like they had like the top, you know, four or five like climbers or whatever from whatever thing, mm-hmm. but it was, they had, and they had like the, you know, they do the fake wall. Yeah. They have like the fake wall up. And it was literally it was like the fake wall up and they had, you know, the climbers. And then there was like this little stage over this way. And it was literally like, it was like, it was like El Bronx and like G love and the special sauce. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and we're just like, you know, that's when it's like really funny. And it's like, it's so, it's so great. Cause it's like, you know, we, we know that like when we started the the mariachi band that like, you know, it was going to fuck with people just because we were, you know, not your average traditional mariachi band. So, but when we do stuff like that, um, it, you know, the, the, the comedy is not lost on us. So it's just really funny to be in a situation like that. I mean, we're talking like, the whole backstage is like, it's just literally all cliff bars, <laughs> you know, it's like all cliff bars. They're giving out like carabiners and stuff. And like, you know what I mean? You're just like, it's so funny, but, uh, but you know, that's what, that's what life is, man. It's like, it's, it's, it's so cool to be able to look back on stuff like that and have that kind of, you know, under your hat as an experience. Um, cause not a lot of people get to do that shit, you know? Yeah exactly you you got you've carved this thing out of the world man to to go from you know adolescence to no direction to you know streamlining yourself into and just like mainlining yourself no pun intended into like uh into the music industry into a like a a force 
you know, the Bronx names on it, people are showing up like that's just that alone is incredible. So many people try for just that and they never get there. Like people that seem like that's all they want to do in their whole life and they never get there. It just, it just happens, man. Like it's, it's something. And you know, you can tell you guys don't take it for granted. You guys put everything you have into this and it's such a great thing. I mean, cause that's what you want from a band that you like is something that's going to work hard and keep putting out records and keep pushing and, and doing things, you know, not just sit back and, you know, like not nothing against tool, but like put out an album every 13 years. Like, no, you want something fresh, you know, yeah. and something new. Yeah, and it yeah, yeah. always is, you know, with you guys. And, and, uh, you know, that's why I've, I was, you know, stoked to have Joby on stoked to have you on like, uh, just to, to pick your brain, man, because it's, it's something I've always, you know, been curious about is, is, you know, what makes you, you and, and what makes that output the way it is, you know, and, and, uh, it's a special thing, man. Just like this show. I mean, this show will outlast me. My kids will listen to this when I'm gone and yeah. maybe get into some of these bands, you know, if they're not already. And, uh, you know, maybe it'll be one of those things like my dad's radio show where I didn't know any of the people he was playing, like, you know, and they tell you everyone went by their first and last name, not a band. So it's like, Oh, I was playing yeah. with so-and-so. It's like, who, like, who the hell are you talking about? Maybe it'll be that case. I don't know. But, uh, yeah, man, I just really appreciate the time and, and, uh, and you coming on board and doing this and, and, uh, no problem. Laying man. some knowledge great, on it's us. It's been great talking to you. It's been cool, man. I, I enjoy talking about music, talking about life, stuff like that. So, uh, yeah, it's been a pleasure, brother. Awesome. My friend. Well, yeah, you're welcome back anytime, dude. And, and, uh, yeah, good luck with the with the record and getting back on tour uh, with the Rancid Boys. And be sure to ask Lars that story because it, oh, it'll I blow will. your mind, dude. Uh, <laughs> there's that story, and there's another story he told on another <clears throat> podcast that Damien um, from Fucked Up does a podcast called Turned Out a Punk. Yeah, and Lars was on there, and one of the guys they were touring with could actually like pull his pants down, bend over, and launch a turd across the room into a toilet. That's another story you should hear from Lars. It's you'll be That's... crying laughing. It's ridiculous. <laughs> uh, but these are two prompts for you to bring up on the next round. And just remember, I will, I will. just remember what we talked about here today, because it's uh, he's such a good storyteller. I, I'd i have him on six times if I had if I had the chance. But uh, hell yeah, man. Dude. Yeah, I'll, I'll ask him for sure. OK, well, say hi to Joby for me and uh, you I guys will. enjoy the rest of the day, man. And and uh, thank you so much for coming on. Of course, brother. Appreciate you. Thank you very much. All right. Take care. All right. Peace. See ya. All right, guys. I hope you enjoyed that episode with Matt Cothran from the Bronx. What an awesome dude. What a great story uh, and a great storyteller. He's just so easy to talk to. And I love that. Uh, it's something that, you know, you can go either way on this show or in, in any conversation. Someone's either easy to talk to or difficult to talk to. There's not a lot of middle ground. Uh, and he was definitely easy to talk to. So, Thanks to Matt for coming on. Thanks to Monica for setting this up. I know we've been trying for a long time, and it was great to catch him in between legs of the Rancid Tour. Um, and hopefully he asked Lars those stories because they are amazing. And if you have not listened to episode 100 of this show with Lars Fredrickson from Rancid, you can go back and check that out and hear the stories I was talking about. They are fucked up. So definitely do that if you haven't already. All right, so definitely go check out the Peer Pleasure Podcast Inner Circle Facebook group. Sign up on Twitch so you can watch all the episodes live if you're available uh, when they're happening. So I'll definitely put the schedule up when those are going to be hitting. We've got some great episodes coming up. I've got one in a few minutes, and then I've got another one next week uh, that I think you guys are going to be really, really stoked for. So thank you guys so, so much for coming back week after week. I really 
Really appreciate it. I love each and every one of you so much. Uh, and just the fact that you support what I'm doing and make this a community and people that are actually active in the community trying to build this thing. I cannot thank you enough. It's really inspiring and it keeps me going. Even when things get hard and you know you feel like you don't want to do this today, things like that, like it just shuts that all out, throws it out the window and says, hey, get off your ass and do this. And it, you guys kept me motivated for five years now almost, and it's still not showing any signs of stopping. So thank you all so much. Definitely tell a friend about the show, rate, review, and subscribe. And as always, we'll see you on the radio. Well, hey, friends, my name is Zach Lupiton. You may know me from the band Dust Bowl Revival, but I also host a music discovery podcast called The Show on the Road. For the last five seasons, I've been able to dive deep and have intimate chats with folks like the Lumineers, Andy DeFranco, Wolfpack, Keb Moe, Lake Street Dive, Bela Fleck, and more. So guess what? After 150 conversations with some of my favorite songwriters from around the world, we are bringing brand new episodes to the Osiris Network. New interviews and intimate acoustic performances will be coming at you this summer. And which episodes are coming next, you ask? I am Zach Goody, the lead singer for the band Smash Mouth. Our band is called Milky Chance. We are based in Berlin. My name is David Shaw. I sing and write songs with my band, The Revivalist. Trust me, these conversations go some wild places. So subscribe to the show on the road on Osiris, and we'll see you soon. Again.